Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is the other host, Scotty Bentley, and also host of Locked On Tigers. I want to make sure we, we uh, plug that in there for you. Plug. World Series going on. Make sure we listen to that every single day. We got that right there, yeah. And game two, game the Braves. Two, but we're not here to talk about the Braves. I'd love to, but we have an awesome game to break down. Larkin time. Larkin time. Larkin's moment. Um, but before we get to that, I do have to thank you for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And Scotty, I, this whole episode is just going to be Washington Capitals Detroit Red Wings breakdown because this is just another example of the Detroit Red Wings showing so much heart so much more heart than last year and the year prior. And it's a gritty win against a really good, only giving the Washington Capitals just their second loss on the season. And Dylan Larkin scoring the OT winner, assisted by Lucas Raymond. The other assist, Moritz Sider. I mean, what more is there to say than just that this team has so much more heart and talent than it has last year? Not only the heart, like the the heart is clearly the grittiness that they continue to play in with game in and game out over and over again. We're seeing the the grittiness, but the the like I, I guess you would call it the competitiveness. Like the it, it's just it the, it feels so different. It feels so different, and what we're we're playing a lot closer games. Even the games we're losing are a lot closer. We're taking. I mean, the Capitals are a damn good team, as we yes. talked about in yesterday's show. Just all around, I mean, so much more competitive and and gritty and and the 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 energy of the team, the, the everything about it is such honestly a complete one eighty from nineteen twenty. I mean, a, a complete turnaround, and uh, it, it's made it so much more enjoyable to watch. And not only that, but getting get some wins in the win column there too. Yeah, and so like to go in more in depth on that that play that won them the game. It was almost a little bit of a broken play. Uh, Larkin misplayed it coming into the zone. Lucas Raymond was able to maintain possession. He had pressure, so he was, had to break back out into the neutral zone, regroup, and then head back in, pass it to Larkin. Larkin just waited, 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 took the shot, scored. And it's just, we continue to talk about it, about how lethal Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond have been and how good Moritz Sider has been on the back end. He was leading all rookies and assists coming into the game. He continues to do that here in this game. And it's just, you can't praise it enough how big of an impact those two rookies have had on this team. You're out there on an overtime shift against Alex Ovechkin and you win the game. Granted, I think Ovechkin did come off the ice by the time that goal was scored, but Ovechkin spent three minutes on the ice in that overtime. And to yeah. get, be able to get the win against such a lethal opponent like that is is amazing. The Red Wings have now elevated themselves to second in the Atlantic Division. And I get it only seven games in the season, but they have played tough opponents and they have either gone to overtime or beaten tough opponents in multiple occasions. Obviously, they blew the lead against Tampa Bay and went to overtime against them in the home opener. But now they've beaten the Capitals in overtime here to give them just their second loss on the season. And, I mean, it's just this team... 
they are continuing to impress me. And at like what point, Scotty, at what point does the narrative begin to shift on their expectations? Because I don't want to get ahead of myself. We've seen hot starts before, but it does genuinely feel different here. Is the expectation for the Detroit Red Wings beginning to shift as this season progresses? I think I, I think slowly but surely it is. I, I don't think any one game necessarily, unless there's a you know like '90s Avalanche type game. I, I don't think one game would necessarily make everybody be like, okay, like like complete different feel to the season. But but it's definitely starting to at a minimum. Absolutely, it's starting to. And I think one of the biggest things today was we talked so much about how that first line has been so good this season. All the production came from lines two through four until overtime. And and that's that's massive. That's that's huge with, with Ernie and Fabry. Like the 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 caps are such a deep team. That that's what makes them so good. They have a great first line, but they are they are three three and a half, four lines deep of really damn good players. And we were talking about the the reason that the wings, you know, we're at the stage in the rebuild where the top line's really good and the, the bottom three have to step up. And they sure as hell did today, man. Yeah. They, they sure as hell did today. Amazing performances from from lines two through four. And yeah, I think the expectation then slowly starts to turn as you start getting these wins against really good teams. And I I, I think it's slowly starting to at a minimum. Yeah, and I'm, I've mentioned it, I said so many times that, you know, the rings aren't a playoff team, the wings aren't a playoff team, and I, it, it's starting to be, become harder to say that, but I still hold to that, I, but it feels, and I've also made this comparison multiple times, it feels a lot like what your Detroit Tigers are, have, uh, were this past season, where they are playing good teams hard, they are beating good teams and you can see that that true step in the right direction where the young talent is up now, the young talent is producing. It's all about getting a couple more pieces to really fluff out that depth on this team to make them a true contender. And it, it, that's what it feels like with this team. And it's just when you now at four, two and one, it, it's it just genuinely feels like the expectation is beginning to shift. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think another thing that comes with that is the expectations of individual players as well. And I think that's another thing to keep an eye on is we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and, and start putting, especially the young kids in that in that kind of, you know, Cider and Raymond who have played single digit amount of NHL games. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves and and really say, you know, that that they they should be something that they're not in their rookie season. But I think the expectation of everybody goes up when you're winning ball when when you're winning games like that. And it, it, I don't know, man. I, it, it's it's fun. I'd much rather be in this position than uh, than the decline. So, um, uh, you know, we're all we're all loving life. But yeah, the I, I absolutely agree with you. I think I I don't think it would take too long. Like we're so desperate for a winner at for any of these teams. Honestly, I, I don't think the expectation would would take too terribly long to flip man i i really don't and and i think that that's that's healthy and good and and the players seem to to eat it up and love it too which which is all that really matters yeah and you mentioned a, a couple minutes ago about the depth pieces on this team the depth actually showing up and providing scoring and i do want to get into that and we're going to get into that in segment two uh when we come back 
Time to talk about betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and the lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball playoffs, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here's Larkin. Scores! Dylan Larkin from Lucas Raymond. And the Red Wings come from 2-0 down to beat the Washington Capitals 3-2. All right, Scotty, now that we've broken down and ranted and raved about uh, Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond, and Moritz Satter, we got what we love to do out of the way, what we love to do the most on this program. Uh, Let's transition into the depth scoring. You did bring up that the depth scoring has finally shown up, and that's in the goals from Robbie Fabry and Adam Ernie. And in a game like today against a really tough team like the Washington Capitals, where your top-line scoring didn't show up until overtime, that depth scoring is going to be hugely impactful for this team going forward, and you love to see it from guys like Adam Ernie, from Nolan Bianchi's favorite Adam Ernie. Like, those are guys that are going to be huge for this team going forward, and, you know, as the season goes on, you hope to get more production out of Pew Cedar as well, but this is, these are the guys you need to step up, and they stepped up today's game in a big way, and brought us back from a 2-0 deficit to tie it 2-2 to force overtime. Yeah, no, it, it, they they looked phenomenal even when they weren't scoring. Like the the such productive lines, such good uh, defense against a team that that names wise is so much bigger and and, and badder on on paper than than the especially lines three and four of this Wings team. That that Capitals team is so deep, and and they they took it to a man. And, and again, there was that physicality throughout all four lines. That that competitiveness and kind of chippiness that we've seen was throughout everyone who was on the ice for the Wings tonight. And I, I think, I I mean, I, I would go as far to say, I mean, obviously all, all the goals were scored on, on the bottom lines. Like that's, that's the depth is what won us the game. And, and that's so refreshing because of like we talked about earlier this week with, with how productive the front line and the first line has been. It's going to be so important for lines two through four to take a big step and and give a support system so that we're not that that team that we were in eighteen nineteen where if you shut down the top line you shut down the whole team like that's this is a this is a nice change of pace and especially to do it against the Washington Capitals a team that is so much deeper than you yeah. is so so amazing to see it's so encouraging and that if if the bottom lines keep you in it then the top line wins it and that is exactly yes. what happened tonight exactly what happened tonight it was it was a, a textbook beautifully run game strategy and and i am i'm so pumped at the moment absolutely it was, it was awesome to see i do want to correct myself real quick though i was saying that this is the capital second loss it's actually their third loss all three losses have come in overtime for the capitals just want to correct myself on that but back to the depth no regulation scoring. losses still no regulation cap. losses the tells capitals you the team good. we just beat man that tells you the caliber of them indeed um 
Yeah, but so the depth scoring, that that Fabry goal was all because they crashed the net, something that I think that this team needed to do more often. I felt like there was a severe lack or in the earlier games where the team would get down deep, and that's why we were praising guys like Lucas Raymond and Bertuzzi when they would do that because it would create goals. It happened again today with Fabry's goal. You know, Philip Ronick on his goal showed the patience, showed the patience, showed the patience of just getting in deep, stepping up into the play, and waiting out the goaltender to slide that puck right down deep. And then Adam Ernie crashing the net scored the goal in the empty into the empty net. And that is such an important part, not just the crashing of the net, but having the defense step up into the play. I tweeted this out during the game, Scotty at Brian Fisher, nine, seven, one, nice plug. Um, <laughs> that defense, good defense is so much more than the defensive zone. It is playing in the offensive zone as well. And it's really nice to see that after us, speculating for two episodes straight about the Philip Peronic situation and whether or not he'd play tonight, that our doubts were assuaged and he gets right back in the lineup and he immediately, the fire is lit right under his ass like we were hoping it would, and he immediately produces yet again on just a really nice assist on the Adam Ernie goal. Yeah, and, and he led the defense in minutes. He led the, the defense in, in ice minutes too, like... It was whatever it was. I'm glad it's ironed out now because uh, he he looked good. He looked, I think it was probably the best he's looked all season. Uh, at the beginning of the year, there there was um, there was a lot of of you know we, we we talked about it on the show how he didn't look good to start off no. the year. He, he really didn't, and and tonight he did. He looked good. He looked solid defensively, and and as you mentioned, obviously the the, the part where he looked the best was. Being an offensive defenseman, he looked phenomenal today, getting the assist, a plus two. Beautiful game from Hironic. Led, led the defense in ice minutes, like I said, and, and just right back on the horse. Yeah, absolutely. And and got to give credit to Troy Stetcher as well, because like I said, both of those, we, what we were claiming were the depth scoring goals from the forwards were facilitated by the defense. Phil Pronick with the Adam Ernie goal, and then the Robbie Fabry goal was because um, Troy Stetcher got the puck at the point, and he came down low along the boards before creating a pass out front or a shot out front that ended up going to Robbie Fabry for the rebound to be buried away. And like I was saying, that is so important to a good offense is to have a good defense. And if this team wants to be competitive in every single game going forward, they need the defense to be able to step up into the play and help facilitate the offense. And that's what happened today. That helped with the depth scoring. And that, you know, I mean, in the end, this sounds really obvious. You need a well-rounded team to win hockey games. But this was a perfect example of a game where the team looked super well-rounded in all facets. And, you know, it showed. We came out on top 3-2 to two in overtime over the Washington Capitals, like we've said like four or five times this episode. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it, too. Yeah. Like, it's not going to awesome. stop. It's awesome. <laughs> it's absolutely electric. No, you're, you're spot on, too, because... The, especially with all the, the weird stuff with him the last couple of games and uh, the interesting, uh, I guess you would call them, developments as, as far as the defense goes and, and all that stuff. It's, it's just so nice. And, and we label people as like defensive defensemen and offensive defensemen and people that run point and all that. Everybody looked really solid today, man. Everybody. Everybody, everybody looks so solid defensively, and and like you said, Stetcher des deserves a lot of credit. Horonic was solid. That that top line was good. It, it was all it was all just really really solid, man. And uh, yeah, Horonic deserves a lot of credit for for 
not only how he played defensively, but especially how he played offensively. Yeah, and another thing too, when we're talking about defense, and we're talking about how defense needs to help contribute to offense, offense also needs to help contribute on defense. Again, it seems really obvious when I say it, but where I'm going with this is the Red Wings dominated in the face-off circle today, and the one of the best ways the offense can help out the defense is to win the possession right off the bat. Mitchell Stevens, who is a warrior, who I'll, t- why, I'll touch on why in just a second. Mitchell Stevens won seven out of ten faceoffs today. Hugh Suter won six out of nine faceoffs today. Um, Dylan Larkin won eight out of fifteen, and uh, Michael Rasmussen he won seven out of fifteen. So all but one player had an above fifty percent. With much Mitchell Stevens leading the way at seventy percent in today's game winning faceoffs. That is so important to a team's success is getting the possession off the faceoff because that helps you lead in possession on time on the ice. And that is like one of the key components to the offense helping out the defense. And of course, back checking is part of it too, which I also thought they did really well today. Yeah, I thought so too, man. And like you said, the winning, especially when you're in the defensive zone, man, like Winning a faceoff is is so important, and that's why like Glenn Denning was so valuable here for so long for that reason. Like that, that's such an, such an important part to uh, to to this game, and everything everything was a well oiled machine. It, it was one of the best. It was from a from a performance standpoint, it was one of the best Red Wings games we've seen in a minute, man, and and especially looking at you know the the last few specifically, we had the Montreal game that was a big a big uh blowout and such like just it's so nice previously if we had that Montreal game we spiral out of control and we lose five straight yes yes that's so so key the the ability to and the Tigers stopped doing it too and that's why it's it's, it's so obvious once you're told it and and the ability to get blown out get your get your doors blown off and then the very next night, have short-term memory, not not remember it at all, and go out there and play with that physicality and that aggressiveness and that, that grittiness that we see after almost every dead puck this season and go back out there and pretend like nothing's changed and, and get back on the horse. And you would never think that that if you had watched the Wings over the last two or three years that that we were two games removed from from getting blown out by by the Habs. Like you would never think that. And and just an, an unbelievable performance on so many levels. Scotty, that is such a key component that you just mentioned that I hadn't even thought about to be honest. You're completely right. Previous iterations of the Detroit Red Wings would have spiraled out of control after one single blowout. We've I mean, we've saw it multiple times, but the ability this team had to regroup in less than 24 hours to face granted a down Chicago Blackhawks and beat them very down, very, very mm-hmm. down in multiple ways. Um, very. Check out Lockdown Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Jack yeah, Bush Jack has been Bush doing man. a great job covering that whole situation. But the ability to rebound back so quickly and dominate the Blackhawks and then come out here and I wouldn't even say they dominated the Washington Capitals, but they played such a, a good, fundamental, well-rounded game. Shots were close and they ended up t- taking out, coming out on top in overtime. I mean, this is this is part of what makes me feel like the expectations are shifting. Not to go back to that part from the first segment, but it is part of the reason why it feels like this, the expectations are shifting on this Detroit Red Wings team. Absolutely, man. And it starts again. It starts at the uh, it, it starts at the top line, and then you have games like tonight where 
where you, the only reason you're you even made it to overtime was because of the depth and and that that I don't want to call it accountability because that sounds a little too like like I I know everybody's personality and and everything but just that that support to have that depth back up that first line and and keep us in a game until the first line can strike is is textbook baby and that's like I said that's exactly what happened tonight. All right, when we come back here in the third segment, we're going to just clean up the rest of the little factoids we have from this game. There's some funny funny and fun stuff, and then the, the one true negative from this game that continues to uh, be pervasive with the Red Wings here in this early season, and we'll get to that on the other side of this break. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you ever need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and they have reliably low prices for every customer go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com All right, Scotty, there is one aspect of this game that we still have not talked about that was huge, and that was the rebound performance from Thomas Grice. Uh, The last time we saw him, he got absolutely annihilated in Montreal. Uh, I wasn't even sure that he would start tonight with how well Nedeljkovic played against Chicago, but they gave him the start, and he rebounded so huge against Washington Capitals, and he had a couple huge saves against Ovechkin and Tom Wilson. Yeah, he, he he genuinely looked terrible against Montreal. Yeah, he was he letting did. everything in. He, he looked he looked bad, like like bad bad, <laughs> and uh, and like the whole team did. So like whatever, but like he looked really rough in Montreal, and he he was back to form. This is again, cannot stress enough how damn good this Capitals team is. And uh, and yeah, he he looked absolutely fantastic. He um. Just, uh, I don't know, like, goalies are so weird. Like, you can almost just tell. Like, after the first period, like, you can just... Like, his energy's just so different it's than, than it was in Montreal. It is, for real. Like, it, it's just... It's so apparent. It's so clear. It's so different. And uh, and in the best way possible for tonight. And, uh, yeah, he, he deserves a ton of credit. Bailed out the defense, a, a, a penalty kill, I should say, a couple of times. He He looked absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and he bailed out them on one specific occasion when Tom Wilson came down with a one-timer and he slid across and was able to make a fantastic save. He made that one really, really nice save on Ovechkin on the power play. Unfortunately, there was no one there to defend that and defend the rebound. And he did Ovechkin did bury the rebound, but you know he was making a lot of huge saves, and like you can tell because you know Ken Daniels obviously being the Red Wings broadcaster is a huge homer. But when Ken Daniels calls a goal, a uh, save, and he's like all excited, you know that was a legit like 
holy crap, that was what quite the save. And he slid across the crease multiple times and shut down what would be guaranteed backdoor goals on so many goaltenders in this league. And he just looked fantastic. I mean, let me I have the back score the back score, the box score up here, and I'm just gonna read off his his statistics from the night. He he had uh twenty eight shots against, he made twenty six saves. He just he was so good in this in this game. Yeah, he did. No, he looked absolutely fantastic. And I think uh like he he looked he he looked just like he had an extra pep in his step and that that was the biggest thing. He he looked phenomenal, but I think it was what even made his performance more in more important and more valuable was the fact that uh we continue to have quite a few penalties and we continue to have quite a few dumb penalties and and he was able to to bail out the penalty kill a couple of times with some really good performances and the penalty kill wasn't wasn't bad by any stretch. The the special teams unit was pretty solid tonight, I thought. But um, he was definitely the the anchor for the penalty kill and 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 got us out of trouble a couple of times. And and yeah, the, just the 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 ability to to have a safety blanket in net is is very refreshing. Well, it's, it's very very refreshing. And uh, and yeah, I wish we could help him out a little bit more by by maybe not getting to the box so often. And to your point, like. He did bail out the Red Wings on multiple occasions as the penalty problems continue to be pervasive with the Red Wings here in the early season. But I feel like a lot of, and I don't want to make excuses for when the Red Wings get penalties, but there were two really weak calls on the Detroit Red Wings in this game. And that was the, the hook, hooking call on Danny DeKaiser and the tripping call on Troy Stetcher. The hooking call on Danny DeKaiser took all four seconds before, I, I believe it was, Kuznetsov scored in on the power play. And so the refs were particularly bad. I remember in the third period, they missed a blatant slash that broke Larkin's stick. They called yes. two week penalties on the wings. I mean, while we talk about the wings penalty problems being pervasive, we have to also like note that today the offici- officiating in this game was pretty dang bad, but that still doesn't necessarily excuse the fact that it continues to hurt them when they are in the penalty kill and they can't shut out you know, even if even if you don't get scored on, being on a penalty kill for two minutes is two minutes of you being at a disadvantage and you not being able to create offensive chances for yourself. So they got to find a way to stay out of the box, especially against a team like Washington, who has a power play specialist. I mean, Alex Ovechkin, he scored. He he was the guy who scored the very first goal in this game off the power play because of the fact that he set himself up in his wheelhouse. Down this time it was a little bit further down. He was in the slot uh, against the neck, but he. Uh, got the pass across. He took the one-timer. Grice made a fantastic save. He got his own rebound. And like this, those situations would not happen if the Red Wings were not in the bo- the box. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's been a problem that that we have brought up before. And it's a problem. It is one of the the very few lingering problems game to game, which is a plus that there's a lot less of those than there have been in year past. But it's a problem in in the sense that. If 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 one of your team issues is you're getting your defense is getting burned every play and you're just a bad defensive team, okay, like you just don't have the personnel defensively, you you don't have a good defense, you'll you're gonna have to get through the season, whatever. Penalties are avoidable. Mm-hmm. Penalties are it doesn't it doesn't matter how good you are at hockey, it doesn't matter how bad you are at hockey. Talent does not matter. Penalties are something that are that are avoidable in a moment and the fact that that has been the one 
reoccurring theme, whether it's uh, whether it's quantity or quality, whether it's just a plethora of penalties. I think I've said that before. Plethora <laughs> of penalties. I think that, I feel like it's my second time saying this this week. Uh, whether it's just a, a, a lot of penalties happening. Or whether it is uh, just a really untimely, like stupid, boneheaded penalty, that 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 seems to be. And granted, we're only seven games in; there's still a, a lot to see. But that seems to be one of the very apparent, reoccurring themes um, throughout th- this season so far. And and we're we're like we're we're trimming down the penalties away from from I think a lot of people's like we talked about earlier expectations really changing going forward. Yeah, I think you really summed it up well, nice. Uh, well, nice. You think you summed it up really well there, Scotty. Um, there was one penalty in the third period that I felt was what you would consider, and I say this in air quotes, a good penalty. Michael Rasmussen did go to the box for hooking Alex Ovechkin as he was breaking in, third man in, yeah. on a rebound, would have scored otherwise without that hooking call. But again, you don't get that hooking call if you're playing position and you can shut him down with your getting in his way, getting clearing the pass or clearing the rebound out of the way. It was a situation where it was a good penalty, but again, if they were in position in the first place to clear the rebound, it wouldn't have had to happen in the, at all. Yeah, so. absolutely. And and again, it it just goes back to 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 a Grice was good. Yes. But but B just the the it's uh I, I wish I wish maybe he didn't have to be as good, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. But but I I'm not gonna sit here and complain about anything after after an overtime win against the Cavs, man. Ph- phenomenal game. Everybody looked really, really solid and, and I think that that's a real game you can build on going forward. Yeah, and th- just two more quick little anecdotes, not even really like topics that I want to bring up, but things that I, I saw during the game and I was like, I, I got to bring it up. Paul Boyer, high-sticking Evgeny Kuznetsov from the bench and breaking up their their zone entry has got to be the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in the longest time. This comes that right after Dylan. That was weird. It was, it was so weird because it come, came right after Dylan Larkin's stick got Larkin smashed slash, and broken. Yeah. So Larkin is skating up the boards towards the bench, hits the guy who has the puck, and then I think it was Kuznetsov, because as Kuznetsov was on one knee crossing the blue line, Paul Boyer, the equipment manager, was reaching out with a new stick for Larkin and ends up hitting Kuznetsov on the in the face, who goes down, you know, milking it, like, oh, my face, that's a high stick, not realizing the equipment manager is the one who hit him in the face. So yeah. the, the refs are like, we can't give the equipment manager a penalty. It was just a, biz- a bizarre <laughs> situation. Hilarious, so though. funny. <laughs> Hilarious! No, it was hilarious. Nolan tweeted that video out, and it just, it just that that clip killed me. Yeah, it was just, and I, I just felt like I had to bring that up real quick because it is just such a bizarre play. I've never seen anything like that, and it was, it was, it was yeah, kind of a good play because it broke up their zone entry. <laughs> yeah, it, it caused caused the play to go dead. Good D, good D by the uh, the, the equipment manager, man. Do we got a room room on this roster for another defenseman? I know, I know. Lefty stick, not bad. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, Chris Osgood not knowing that Wednesday's game was the anniversary of his first ever win. And then not only not knowing that it was the anniversary, knowing nothing about the game. It's yeah. like, it, you would think, like if you asked him, you would think that he was like some other dude impersonating Chris Osgood. And he was like, oh, I, I don't know, man. Like he didn't know the answer to anything. <laughs> Chris he didn't Osgood. know who he played. He didn't know. He didn't know it was home or the road. He didn't know anything. Chris Osgood 
Ken Daniels is explaining the situation. And he goes, oh, it's the first anniversary of uh, my partner here, Chris Osgood's first ever NHL win. And Ozzy goes, oh, it is? And then Ken Daniels <laughs> like, yeah, it can't, you know, it's a game. The anniversary happened in this year against the LA Kings. And <laughs> Ozzy goes, was it home or away? Ken Daniels <laughs> goes, I don't know this. Isn't it you're the one who's playing? It's just so funny to me. And I, this goes, I think Osgood has gotten so much better and so much more comfortable. He was so stiff originally. But like, I was legitimately laughing because of the fact that it, it was so funny that he didn't remember anything about what you would expect to be like a pretty big moment and memory in his lifetime, his first career win. Granted, he had 400 of those, should be in the Hall of Fame, different topic, um, and three or four Stanley Cups. So, but like you, that, that's still a big moment, your first NHL win, and he knew, remembered nothing of it. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was, yeah, absolutely incredible. And yeah, you're, you're honestly, you're spot on. He, uh, he, when he first joined the booth, he was really stiff, and I, I don't think a lot of people were um, thought that he was going to be very good at it. But, but yeah, really, yeah, has the, especially the last season or two, really stepped it up and is actually a pretty damn good uh, anal- analyst now. I feel like, and I don't want to get down this road, we have to wrap it up here, but when he first joined the booth, it felt like he was like, I got to be an, an analyst. I got to be a certain type of way. This is how analysts are. And like somebody talk, pulled him aside and was like, no, we want you to be Chris Osgood be yourself right. and like during right. the broadcast now it feels like he's chris osgood today's broadcast it felt like he was chris osgood he can still be awkward at times but like yeah. his personality's showing and it's a fun personality i think it's a fun addition absolutely couldn't agree more all right scotty any final thoughts uh watch out baby here we come Wings are back. all right we're th- back baby <laughs> i love it Thanks for making the Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. Make sure you give both Scotty and I a follow on Twitter. I'm at BrianFisher971. Scotty's at, at BentleyScotty. And follow the uh, Lockdown Red Wings Twitter page as well at, uh, at LO underscore Red Wings. Uh, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with a Friday episode. Same time, same place. It's your team, Scotty. Every single Every day. Every day. You're locked on Red Wings. Your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.